Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Hello, Tender Wild listeners. In today's episode, Betsy and I are going to have a conversation about self-sabotage and boundaries. We're going to talk about how they're so related to our first 10 years and how they can help us understand how we can return to being a wild woman. Wow, this feels like a big, deep, heavy one today. Yes, it does. It's <laughs> so essential because I think... Yeah. Uh, I think boundaries are hard for everyone, but seem to be especially hard for women based on, you know, so many factors, not the least the culture we swim in. Yeah, I think it, it, it is. It's it affects us all. Really, I want to I was going to say like on a daily basis, but I think it's more like an hour moment basis. to moment yeah. basis. It I absolutely agree. All struggle with and and so having this conversation, I think for both of us is to be prepared. We recognize how impactful they can be, how hard they are. Yeah. Um, and then really how you have to dig deep and yeah, understand why. why it's so hard to um, hold boundaries. Cause mm -hmm. I think across the board, it's hard for everyone mm -hmm. and it takes practice and it takes consciousness and awareness. So if you're already listening, like, Oh no, I'm, I, this is hard for me. You are in the same boat with me. So welcome. everyone. Yes, we're all trying to figure this out. So, yeah, we do think it really relates to being the wild woman. And again, just to redefine the wild woman, it's not someone who's out of control, but it's a woman who's really returned to her natural essence, right? She's really in the deepest of connection with her soul and who she is. And so a part of this process, and you and I have been, I think, experiencing this last year as we're really consciously working week to week with this topic is that um, we have to break out of the old modes that we were in that kept us very protected and safe, mm -hmm. right? We were kind of all in these survivor modes for how to get through life. And so I think this is also why sometimes returning to more of our wild essence happens later in life because we're starting to see those old modes of protection are limiting us now. And so we have to break through them, but it's scary. It's scary to break through and, you know, sort of occupy a new space for how we view ourselves in the world. And yeah, that disrupting of old patterning is, can feel really risky and scary at times. Absolutely. And I, I think necessary. that that midlife which we've talked about with several guests, you know, when a lot of this comes up for people, I, I sometimes think it's the, the facing of our mortality, the reaching midlife and saying, is this it? Is this, yeah. is this where I'm And also be? that just there's, you reach a certain stage in life and you realize time, there's not that much time left. And so why am I wasting my time doing all these things that I don't want to do? Maybe I need to learn how to set boundaries and right. stop pleasing everyone and start pleasing myself. So I do think sometimes that comes once we're faced with, oh, I might be 
halfway through my life? Yep. How do I want to spend the second half? And the challenge is when you come to that realization that you're ready to do something differently, you can't just turn on a switch. You really do have to go inward. Uh, layer and, after layer after And you layer. have to explore yeah. how you got there yeah. and, and what is holding you back and what what those, like we've talked about, especially first 10 years, deeply was planted during that time that, that has become uh, the voice in your head, the, the patterns that you have. What, what, it, what does that stem from? Yeah. Um, sometimes it's multiple things. Sometimes it's big things, small things, but, but we all have them and you have to kind of take them out, look at them, turn them upside down, Mm -hmm. acknowledge and have the awareness to take the power away. Yeah. And I do think we have the possibility to become a completely different person and that can feel really scary, right? Because, um, sort of starting over because let's just be honest. We were all wounded as children. Mm-hmm. Everyone was wounded. No and some exempt. people had big trauma with a big T and some people had smaller traumas, but everyone gets wounded by a bully on the bus or, you know, a secondhand comment from an aunt about, you know, that tight, that sweater looks tight on you or there's Early all relationships, right? There's yeah. things that happen that harm us. And so then to survive, we put up these walls and we put up these, you know, ways of protecting ourselves, which kind of hold us back from being fully our wild self in the world. And again, those, those walls and those things we put up as kids, they're necessary. Like, I don't think we can get out of childhood without having some kind of armor or protection that's gone up and it's necessary. But then as we become an adult, it's not necessary to have that wall in the same way it was when we were 10 getting beat up on the bus. So then we have to go through the hard work of like taking down the brick wall yes. <laughs> so that we can actually be in the flow of life and have love and have connected relationships and have more joy and embodiment and freedom. Right. And, and that's some, not like you said, a flip of the switch. No. And, and I think, you know, when you're a child and those things happen, the feelings are too big at that age. Yeah. And so we really do protect ourselves because we're not, we're not able to feel it all. And so exactly. we put the walls up, but as adults, we are, we are capable of feeling yeah. it. And so part of this is returning to, to that time and understanding those feelings and, and, and living in it, feeling it so you can move through it exactly, uh, and stop protecting yourself because yeah, it keeps us from being vulnerable because we never want to feel that again. We never want to experience that again. And so we just take ourselves out of the game Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. to prevent us from going through that again. And so, yeah, holding it is, um, holding it for all these years. And I think so many of us are, um, the, the release of it, the letting go, uh, can create seismic shifts in people. Yeah. Seismic shifts. And it, to be honest, is so, much damn work to be carrying so much armor and to Mm -hmm. have so many walls. I think that's the other thing is as we age, we just don't have the same energy reserves to carry around all of the armor that we've erected. And so it's, it's, it's like, we don't have a choice anymore. We almost are forced to face 
um, why we put those walls up. And you make such a great point that as adults, we actually have the reserves and the tools and the capacity to feel emotion and to create safety for ourselves. We often didn't have that when we were 10 or eight or five. So you're right. We have to feel it now so it can move through, but Mm -hmm. whoo, it's hard. It is hard. So part of what, why is it so hard? Let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard? Let's talk about it. Why is it so hard to set boundaries? I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of talking about, we have to kind of understand where the wounding came from, but to really step into this more wild essence, it asks of us to start to care for ourselves in a new way, which often means setting up boundaries and saying no. (laughs) Right. And it's hard. It's hard. I think we worry about being judged. Uh, If we don't say yes to things, someone might not like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are people pleasers often Mm -hmm. that, that want people to, to like us. And, and, um, and so we're worried way more about the external than we are the internal. Um, Many of us do not like conflict. And we will avoid it at all costs, right? So yeah. we just, if we think it's going to create too much conflict, then we don't it's put it It's not worth it. it. Right. We don't want to be a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> or called that or thought of like that, I think. Um, Why? That's such a loaded term in our culture, mm-hmm. but I think it is something that stopped me. I had an incident this week where I was asked to do something. And if I really tuned into myself, I didn't want to, but there's a whole history there. And I was like, well, if I, if I say no, then I'm going to be a bitch and I don't want to be looked at as a bitch. And so it's not that big of a deal. I'll just say yes. Mm -hmm. It's not that big of a deal, but it's like all those little things that aren't a big deal that add up over time. They're the way you're spending your life. Exactly. Exactly. But that is a really deep seated fear of like, I don't want to let someone down. What are they going to say about me? What are they going to spread about me? Just easier to go with it. But is it? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I think we're not living authentically when we're when we're responding that way and doing things for the wrong reasons. I agree. And I think we have to honor. Like I have a lot of respect for women sometimes I'll I'll make an ask or I'll invite someone and if they're like you know I'm just I'm not up for it today I need to take care of myself I've got some other things I need to to do or um and sometimes you're like you feel rejected a little but there's also I have a little bit of mad respect for people that Mm, can say that yeah so I also think to support each other we have to allow in our relationships that honesty about what we need and show up for each other that way and model it for each other because um, it's never about the other person. Never. It's about what that person needs. And so, but isn't it interesting that when we do say no, we often feel like we have to justify it or we have to come up with the perfect reason as to why we said no. And it's sort of like, no is one word. No is no. And, and as I think about boundaries, I mean, that's how I define a boundary. It's just like your capacity to say no so that you can care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when you're caring for yourself, you are essentially caring for whoever you said no to as well because you're showing up authentically like, no, I can't do that. Or no, that's not okay with me. 
Or maybe we shouldn't have to explain it all. Well, I think that's part of it. And I think as women, we we often do over explain the no versus realizing it's okay for just to say no, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I can't do that. Yeah. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hope you enjoy yourselves. But it's 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 a hard place. Yeah. And to take this a little deeper, I think that when we say no to someone or something, we're not really saying no to that other person. It has nothing to do with that other person, as you just said, but we're saying no to the little girl in us, Mm -hmm. right? That thinks that to be safe, she has to be perfect and she needs approval and she needs validation and she needs praise and she needs to make everyone happy. And essentially when we say no to the person who called us and said, will you come and do this for me? When we say no to that woman, we're, we're telling our little girl like, hey, you're worthy. You're already okay. Yeah. You don't have to like give up your evening when you really just need to take a bubble bath and diffuse by saying yes to this person to feel like you're worthy and okay. Like you're already okay. You're already whole and complete. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be afraid. So I think that really helps me. When I'm saying no to someone and going into that mode of like, oh, they're going to be upset with me. It's like, yeah, but who would you rather take care of right now? That other person that maybe you don't even know that well, uh-huh. or are you going to take care of the little girl in you that needs to understand that her worth doesn't come from pleasing other people? She's already inherently worthy. So don't you think that exercising boundaries is actually a form of healing? Mm. Because you're actually, you are attending to what you, you know, whatever your inner child or your, your young girl needs. It's every time you do that, I feel like it's a little more healing for. Yeah. I love when you said that, I got some chills, which always is a sign to me that there's truth being spoken. So I think that's a great way. And I've never conceptualized it that way. I've never thought about saying no as a healing for me. I, I still think about it as something hard that I have to do that I don't like and I don't want to let someone down. But I agree. It's really, it's adding like love to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you feel like you are with your capacity to say no and set boundaries? I think I'm getting better at it. Um, I first part of my life I know I look back at all the things I did say yes to that were never really what I wanted um big things um and I'm sure a lot of little things but I think part of being better at boundaries is having done a lot of work for myself in the last 10 years of knowing myself better I think it's it's easy to do things for other people if you're not plugged into yourself if you're not connected to who you are, if you don't have that inner knowing about what it is you do want, then you tend to just say yes to things. Right. Because you're way more focused about pleasing everybody else and you don't, you don't even really know what you want. Um, but as I've done a lot more heart work and connection to like me and understanding myself and, you know, why I've made certain decisions and not made others, it's like practicing anything. You just get better at it. Yeah. And my body now will say, like when mm. I make a wrong decision, my body and I'm and I'm really plugged in. I know I made the decision, a, r- a wrong decision because my body's like, 
Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I'm getting, getting better at it. Um, I think it starts with small things and if you can do it for small things, you build up the muscle and then when a big decision comes, that's a great point. Still sit with it, but it's, it doesn't take me as long. Yeah. If I'm practicing it on a daily small basis like yeah. that. Um, and I would say that about my decision to leave my job. I think, I think a lot of the build up to that was making small decisions that were right for me. Um, last spring I was having a lot of health issues. I didn't know what was wrong. My body was literally screaming at me and I went away for a week and just did some healing work. Um, that was tuning into myself and saying, something's, I've got to shift something here. And then that led to some other decisions over the summer of like taking a little more time off, you know, being more conscious about what I was saying yes to. And all of those little things started to give me the courage too to then make bigger decisions. Yeah. And I would say that about you, just as someone who's mm. been watching you make mm-hmm. decisions. I feel like you've You've made small, Mm -hmm. it's like, what's the next right thing? What's the next right thing? And then, yeah. 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 It's funny because when I asked you just earlier as we were kind of prepping for this, how do you think you are with your boundaries? And you're like, oh, it depends on the day. And I sort of feel like that is for me that way too. It's like sometimes I feel like I'm really able to set clear boundaries and other times it's so difficult for me. So I've been trying to figure out why it is that way. So um, for me, boundary setting in my professional life has been much easier. And I credit that to my seven years of graduate training in psychology, Mm -hmm. because it's such a part of our training around ethics and, you know, boundaries and transference and countertransference. And so just being really clear in boundaries with clients. So I feel like I learned like this methodology in graduate school for working and holding boundaries. And it also gave me the right to set it. And I can see that now, right? That maybe I wouldn't have been able to set those boundaries, but because it had been so like put into me that I needed to have boundaries and with clients, it gave me permission to do so. But then I started to see in other areas of my personal life, um, you know, in all areas like Betsy, will you do this for us? Or it was much harder. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I didn't have a template in life, in life. from watching women say no, watching women mm-hmm. have a voice and be like, uh, that doesn't work for me or watching, you know, knowing that it would be okay to say no and you would still receive love. Like I could say no at work because ethically that's what I had to do. And if a client decided they didn't like it and they left, it was okay because ethically I was bound to that. But like at home or in my relationships or in friendships, it, right. I didn't have a same template. You didn't have a model. I didn't have a model. So I, I think I, I like tripped over my own feet for years in that people pleasing, Mm -hmm. don't want to let anyone down, don't want to lose love, don't want to lose a friend. Um, And then when I did, I had a great therapist who helped me set a really clear demarcated boundary in a certain situation in my life. And I remember I set that boundary and then I was terrified. 
I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just sent that text. I should never have done that. Oh. Right. Like that so little girl. Cause I was that little girl mm-hmm. fear of like, you stay safe by making sure everyone likes you came forward and, um, it took me a long time, but now I can retrospectively look back and say, you know, that was really healthy. Right. You were saying yes to Betsy. Yeah. Like you were loving Betsy. You were taking care of Betsy and that's exactly what you needed to do. And so that's why I think boundaries are so key. It's just, it's us loving ourselves. Like I love what you brought up today. It's part of our healing journey It's putting ourselves first, which doesn't mean we're, we're selfish because when we set a boundary, yes, we're loving ourselves, but we're actually loving that other person that we're saying no to. Yeah. And modeling it for one another and giving permission to one another to yeah. Uh, boy, if Betsy can do that, I could do that. Yeah. Um, gosh, it makes me feel like we need boundary training when we're like in middle school. Yeah. Right. We need yeah. to learn this younger. And But again, I think so much of life, what we've talked about life. in this in this podcast is sometimes these bigger lessons. We can't mm-hmm. learn them at 16. We're not ready. Our brains aren't ready for it. Like we have to go through all the pain and <laughs> distress of our 20s and our 30s, right? It just takes time for us to get to a point where we're really ready to say, I'm willing to lose friends and say yes to myself. Mm-hmm. So that I can take care of me and tell the little one in me that, look, we're safe. Yeah. Right. I'm choosing you. Yep. That's such a great image. Um, I'm thinking about this picture I recently found of myself when I was probably about five Mm. and I'm wearing my mom's basketball shoes. She was a basketball player and her sweatshirt from high school. And so everything's like way too big on me. And I've got my arms up in the air and, and she sent me this picture of myself and I was like, oh, I, I, that is the girl I like to picture now when I am thinking about these things. Yeah. Like what, what does she need? Um, because often we think, I think that's what's interesting. We think we've like moved beyond that age, mm. but we haven't no. in so many ways. We're still that's still in us. That's who Especially we are. Especially if there was a wounding at that age, mm-hmm. right? Because that wounding then is put up those walls and those, that armor around us. And then anytime we get triggered as an adult, it's usually because there was some old right. little girl wounded part that never got to feel or never felt safe. Or mm-hmm. it's so funny that you found that picture. Cause just yesterday, um, we had a snow day and I helped my daughter uh, rearrange her room. And then I totally rearranged my home office and I found, I created like a little meditation area with like candles and like meaningful things. And I actually put two pictures of me as a little girl um, oh, on dude. that, right? About five years old, right? As a, like honoring her oh. and being like, I am honoring you and taking care of you and uh, being there for you. And I think this whole conversation today is when we say no, right? When we set those boundaries, we are taking care of that little one that thought she wasn't worthy or she needed right. to be perfect or she needed to overachieve or she needed to, you know, yeah, that's funny because my picture is sitting on my nightstand. Really, so I can see it at night, right before you um, fall asleep. That's a mm-hmm. powerful time. Yeah. So, how do you think um, when we don't say no, um, we fall into these patterns of self sabotage? So, 
you, it's really interesting. I um, was sent this video this week by someone and you also mm-hmm. had seen this similar video about self-sabotage. It's like a minute and a half and we'll put it in our show notes. And neither of us knew that we had both oh. watched it, but somehow you saw that I reposted and you're like, oh my gosh, I just, just watched, watched that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's everything we're talking about mm-hmm. today. It was, yeah, it's, it's all right there in this description. Yeah. In a minute and a half, he uh-huh. says it so clearly. Yeah. We made a decision a long time ago not to be vulnerable and we vowed we'd never again ask for what we need. It keeps us from opening our heart, asking for what we need, um, just to protect ourselves and, and gain control. Yeah. Yeah, so as a little kid, we shut ourselves down Mm because something happened that we didn't have control over and we felt scared or afraid or overwhelmed. So we shut ourselves down so we don't have to feel that. And then it leads to? Yeah. It leads to a a defense that's kind of runs our life. and, um, And we think we're constantly in danger. Yeah. And it's really just a fear of being hurt again. Yeah. So when you live from that place of fear, um, you continually self-sabotage and you don't grow and you don't move into kind of living the, the most full, beautiful life you can because you're, you're literally holding yourself back out of yeah, fear. Absolutely. And this video, you know, as we both watched it, he takes it directly back to our childhood, right? So the reason we're self-sabotaging as a 48-year-old woman is because there's a wound from when you're six years old that you're carrying. You were so hurt then and you never want to get hurt again. So for me, as he was talking about, I, I can I clearly know my self-sabotage. And I could even see it as a graduate student when we were really encouraged to send off articles to get published. And it's really hard to get an academic article published. And I remember how frozen I would be sending off articles because I knew it was going to get rejected. And the idea of being rejected academically was like too much for me to handle. I think I kind of helped me realize that going into academics was not going to be something I could do because there's so much rejection. And I wondered, like, why can't I take this rejection? Why is it so painful for me? I mean, most academics know, like, you have to go through multiple rewrites and still some things won't get, you know, published. And especially as a graduate school, you you don't know anything. But I see that what kept me safe as a little girl, because I was hurt, because I put up protection, was... I am just going to be perfect at school. I'm going to get straight A's. I am never going to, you know, not do well on something. I'm going to pass every test. I'm going to please every teacher. Mm -hmm. Right? Best handwriting. The best handwriting, straight A's. And so, but I said that sabotaged me. So I didn't go out on a limb. I didn't take risks. I didn't send off articles. I didn't choose an academic route, right? Because that fear of rejection was so great. So let me choose a different route where that, not that you can't experience rejection in other other routes, but it it was like that was such a clear route of there's going to be so much rejection as part of it that my system couldn't handle it. Right. And it was still the right, it's still the right decision that I didn't go down that route, but I can see now how I was sabotaging yeah. myself left and right. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, oh my gosh. So if you're listening to this podcast, 
right now, this is what happens in my office. We're sitting in my office. <laughs> AI. And Siri will like randomly say things. And it's so scary. I was in with a client one time. We were talking about her mother. And Siri said, would you like to know about like mother issues? And we looked at each other. And we're like, what is going on? So I don't even know. What did she say to us? She repeated what you said. And oh, my goodness. She wants to help. Thanks, Siri. But Thanks, we don't Siri. need you. We're, we're doing well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is weird how we're being listened to I all know. the time. Um, so to go back to your sabotage, yeah. your self-sabotage. I, same thing, oldest girl, perfectionist, all the external validation around academic success, athletic success, um, and then, you know, moved into a very patriarchal system with law school that was, you know one test at the end of every semester that you had to do well on. Um, I, I, I hated every minute of it, but I was going to succeed despite not wanting to be there. Um, and I, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to, really? that's how I went to college thinking I'd be a teacher and wow. um, got a lot of feedback that maybe I could be more than that. Right. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. And I, I, that's not what I really wanted, but it didn't seem like I was shooting big enough. And so, you know, <sighs> and that I our needed... culture even has these demarcations mm -hmm. of what is successful or what is right. a better, right? Yeah. Like the most important job Jobs. in the world is the teacher. Yeah. Um, so then got the psychology degree and even thought about going on to grad school in psychology. But again, what, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I <Betsy. know. laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I, I think I self-sabotage my own success, um, my own desire or belief of what I felt success was for what I believed others wanted. Mm -hmm. So I probably, um, you I sabotage like, listening to your heart. Like you, yes. it sounds like you even oh, knew I that moved. I didn't want, I want to be a teacher and you totally yeah. sabotaged your heart's I desire. Just, I just quit listening to myself because I felt like my internal answers, my heart couldn't answers, trust it. I can't trust that. That's not what, that's not what everyone else is saying. That's not what society wants for me. Um, so yeah, I think returning to my heart, which has been really it's what been I, your theme I feel like it, I feel like and you are a teacher and that's what you teach people is how to return to their heart yeah and clearly it came out of you sabotaging your heart for mm -hmm. so long yeah and just how much information how many answers are there and getting out of my head and into my heart my whole training was about living in my head making the arguments in my head logic yeah. logic all of that and and in the end none of that served me in in making the right moves in life and relationships in, um, in my career, finding my purpose. None of that lived in my head. None of those right answers actually were in my head. They were all in my heart. Um, so it's, yeah, for me, it's, it's returning to that deep seated knowing. Um, and you know, I think I, I had to kind of reckon with the the pain and feel kind of going back to those times when we made the wrong decisions. I don't want to say wrong, but made decisions that didn't serve my, um, and I had to understand them and forgive myself a little bit for making them that, yeah. that, that there's really, there's just things you do and don't do right. It's decisions you make 
and don't make and um, surrender to the fact that that's just the path I've taken. And it's probably made my life richer now yeah, in a lot of ways. And, and so forgiving myself for, for that has been part of my work. Yeah. But once you tap into what it is, and now that I feel like I'm more on the road of authenticity and, and listening to my heart, now the boundaries, the make, you know, while it is day to day, it is easier mm. because I, I, you know, moving into my business, you know, being more of an entrepreneur now being able to make choices, I, I'm, I'm living boundaries every day now when things come at me and I'm like, feeling it like you've talked about, you know, feeling it. Does it feel like a yes? If my heart doesn't want it, if I'm not leaning into it, then the answer is no. Thank you so much, but it's not for me, um, which is scary too, right? Starting a business and saying no to something. Yeah. Um, but I really decided if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it from a place of authenticity. And so this is all new for me in a lot of ways. I feel like I've been building up to it. Um, and I love, I, I had never heard you say that you wanted to be a teacher. And I actually think that that's exactly where you're heading mm-hmm. because I mean, you're, you're doing teaching through this podcast. You're doing teaching in the way you coach people, right? Like you're essentially, you're in that mode. And so it's sort of like your heart knew you always wanted that. I mean, there's so many ways to teach, not just yeah. formal K through 12. Right? right. And you're, you're kind of coming back around to that. Yeah. But um, your point of it takes practice, I think that's maybe one of the things we can leave our listeners with today is that so often we have ignored our heart or our inner truth for so long that we don't even know we've been ignoring it. Mm-hmm. As you said, we've been so focused on the external that we haven't been listening to the internal, like we don't even know how to listen to it. So when we finally realize like, oh, wow, yeah, I say yes all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of bitter at times and I'm resentful and I'm tired all the time. And these are some some signs Signs. and signals that we need better boundaries, like to to really allow ourselves to disrupt the old patterns. It is risky. It is scary. You might disappoint people. You you not just might, (laughs) you you will. will, you will. That's, that's another thing that I think I've been really facing and you've said this before, I'm not for everyone. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, if we're living our life in the most wild and authentic way, there will be people that don't like you. There will be people that are upset when you say no, there will be people who could reject you, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is all part of the wild woman path because you have shed the facade that it's necessary to take care of everyone and make everyone happy. It's like, no, I'm taking care of me. And because I'm taking care of me, it's going to piss some people off at times, but I am, I am still committing to me, to myself, to my heart, to my instinct. And I believe the greater good, the collective is better. Yes. When we are doing when we are each doing that, yes, because we come at things fully complete um, with authenticity and energy that's real um, because we can't simply cannot do everything. Yeah. And we can't have everyone like us and no. we can't say yes to everything. and We can't please no. everyone. No. Every situation. No. And we need to let go of that. Yeah. So to sum up for all of you listeners, what we want to send you off with in this week before we come back is to say no plain 
and simple at least one time, maybe once an hour, I don't know, as often as you want. This doesn't feel right to me. No, I'd like to stop participating in this. No. (laughs) Yeah, and to live fully and freely, it is necessary to start to say say no. no Flex the no muscle. Yeah. And we want to champion a woman. Yes. Every episode you and I do together, we're, we're champion a woman. And one of the women or the woman I would like to champion today is a woman I don't know. I'm putting it out there that I would really love to meet her mm-hmm. someday. But her name is um, Dr. Shafali. And uh, she is a psychologist. She is a best-selling author. She, I've actually taken many online courses with her. Um, her most recent book, I have dog-eared and underlined <laughs> nearly every page. It's the book that's called A Radical Awakening. And she has chapter 19, in fact, um, an amazing chapter on embracing fearless boundaries. And I have read this chapter a lot. I've actually read the book over and over. Um, and I just feel like she's got such a beautiful way of um, helping women understand the reasons we have trouble discerning and setting boundaries. And so I just want to um, tip my hat to Dr. Shivali for her powerful work in the world and for how much it's impacted me. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. And if you're in the throes of kind of an awakening, midlife awakening, it is it's a great one to pick up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm going to say no to lunch, Betsy. <laughs> That's great, Kate. I totally, I'm totally glad that you're taking care of yourself. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris, with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.